Greetings, folks, and welcome to episode 112 of the Far Beyond Metal podcast. I'm your host and guide on this metal journey, Daniel Cordova. In this episode, I am speaking with David Davidson from the band Revocation. Revocation about to release their album Nether Heaven via Metal Blade Records on September 9th. David came on to discuss that album as well as guitar accuracy, music videos, skating, guitar experimenting, Australian adventures, and more. Now, before we dive into my chat with David Davidson, here is some of Diabolical Majesty from the album Nether Heaven. Was your afternoon been? I forget where in the world you are. I'm on the East Coast. Yeah, after, afternoon's going good. Good. I know you had a big old block of interviews yesterday. Am, am I the only one today interrupting whatever else you got going on? No, you're the... Uh, I already had one with Jamie Josta. Uh, you're the second one of today, but I think I have two more after you. I see. Well, I'm not going to take up too much of your time. Uh, I'm going to start off by hitting you with some very uh, hard-hitting questions to get us going. Uh, from your Instagram uh, and as well as the band Instagram, you seem to be playing with beard length a lot, and time seems to be um, of no concern involving your facial hair. So do you think this whole beard life thing is a game? Because sometimes you have a big old long beard. Right now you don't have much of one. Sometimes you have a very dapper short beard. What are you doing? Uh, you know, I just like to mix it up, I guess. Um, the, 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 the big boy, the burly boy beard that I had, I, I started growing that like last summer. And, but it was right before uh, that, that we did a bunch of photo shoots for like the, the new record, which didn't come out until like a year later. So yeah, the time, I'm just playing with, it's like kind of like that movie Memento. Sure. You know, where the timeline kind of keeps like jumping around. So that's kind of... I think where I'm at with this. Have you shaved little notes into your facial hair just so you remember things later? It, it, that's what my back is for. Good, good. And really what inspired this question was a recent photo of you with uh, my my side. I guess it's my main thing, like whatever you want to call it. I also write for Metal Injection, and you recently had dinner with Frank, my boss over there. And uh, right. you both posted a photo. I said, hey, I'm talking to that guy soon. And he had a question for you. And since he's my boss, I yeah. can't I can't say no. Um Right. How's your dick? How is my dick? He it's, said, my dick's good. He said, ask him about his dick. So uh, it seems to be noteworthy and talk aboutable. So what's up with your dick? Uh, everything, everything with my dick is good. Wonderful. Yeah. No, no real, no, no complaints. Happy to hear. <laughs> yeah. Now that we got that out of the way and the boss is happy. Um, I know uh, you did some stuff with Slay at home. And of course, you've done work as a guitar teacher over the last couple of years. But away from guitar, how were you able to stay sane over the last couple of years with, you know, all the things? Yeah, uh, for me, it was just I just really dove into my work and try to try to use the time to learn new skills that would still, you know, are, are still in the wheelhouse of being a musician or at least being a musician in the modern day age right i mean the, i think the days of just like you know being a musician are kind of no longer unfortunately like i wish i could just dedicate all my time to 
playing guitar, but now it seems like you got to have some like video recording chops. You got to be like your own audio engineer. Like there's all these things that people kind of need to know how to do in the in the music world, which is, you know, it's it's a fun challenge. And I'm, I'm trying to look on the bright side of it and, and embrace it. But, you know, it's a, it's a lot of work and it's a financial commitment. And, you know, you got to it's not like I, it's not just about buying music gear anymore, like guitars or pedals or whatever. It's like you got to get a nice camera. You got to have a good webcam. You got to have, you know, the mics and, you know, that interfaces and all this kind of stuff. So um, I've, I've, I learned a lot over the pandemic. I learned about, you know, filming and, and, and lighting. So, like, I, I tend to kind of film my own content now rather than go out somewhere. Um, and I've also learned a ton about recording. So on the, on the latest record, it's our first album ever where I, like, I basically engineered the whole thing. Besides the drums, we had our, our, our friend Shane at Brick Hit House because um, I'm not fucking making up a drum kit. There's no way. Um, <laughs> but, like, you know, my I engineered all my guitar parts, I engineered all my vocals, and I engineered uh, Brett's uh, bass parts as well on the record. So I was kind of at the helm and like really kind of taking on like more of like a producer role, I guess. Um, I didn't mix it or master it. That's uh, I, I wouldn't have the, the, the chops to be able to do that. And also like, I think I was too close, even if I did, I'd be like too close to it and kind of want someone else's ears on it at that point. <clears throat> so uh, yeah, I, I just learned a lot and kind of uh, like gained some new skills that will hopefully just pay off in the long run. Uh, in your description of what you've been up to, you you said a certain word that I feel like is a, a, a triggering word with some folks in media production and artists and stuff like that. You referred to what you're doing as content. Uh, this has been like a long time coming as far as the internet and content and, you know, putting stuff out to get clicks and likes and whatnot. Since you're shifting away right. or not, you know, not able to make music your sole source of income, has seeing it as content been a challenge for you? Or have you just like tried to find ways to make content artistically or something? Yeah, I mean, I mean, I guess, you know, I just use content because that's like a, a word that everyone uses and it's just like in the general cultural like lexicon right now um yeah i mean I'm, I'm not doing i'm not doing anything for like you know clickbait or anything like that you know what i mean it's like i mean the, the stuff that we're putting out there is it's our our music like i i feel like all the the collaborations i was able to be involved with during the pandemic were were cool you know like uh, I, I with frank we did the uh, holy wars cover um i was able to write some original music with um, th three other like incredible musicians were for the Pal and Vale project. I was able to do a, an Anthrax cover for two minutes to late night. So, um, you know, like I guess they would be under, you know, obviously they kind of maybe fall under both categories of, of entertainment. But you know, I think we did cool covers and it was it was songs that really resonated with me. And obviously for the original music, I mean, you know, now we're, we're creating some art together that's like coming out of the, the pandemic. So it's not like. Uh, you know, hopefully, like, super doesn't feel like just content and, you know, entertainment and entertainment alone. Hopefully, it kind of resonates with people on a deeper level. And of course, um, the uh, the At The Gates cover uh, that, that, that we did. Sure. Um, so, yeah, I, I feel like, you know, as much as I'd like to just work on just writing music and, you know, focusing on that and focusing on touring, I, I, I guess now, like, in order to kind of gain a bigger audience, in order to kind of stay relevant like yeah you have to kind of put out video stuff but 
like so far, like my YouTube channel, like I've, I've like I've got more stuff planned to do, but I've just put up like you know like a video of me like playing like a revocation solo. So it just it feel I guess for me I need to be authentic to myself, and it might change over the over the the coming months and years. Like I'm toying with the idea of kind of sort of doing more of like an educational slant and kind of teaching more on there because um, I've done that for different websites before. But um, yeah, right right now I'm just kind of happy to like you know put out like. Here's like me playing a solo or a playthrough of a song or something like that. And it feels, I guess, more honest and authentic for, for me personally. But, you know, some people have like made whole careers out of, you know, doing like YouTube reaction videos and stuff like that. And like they become wildly successful. Um, so, I guess, you know, everyone's different and everyone's got to like do the thing that they feel authentic doing. Sure. Uh, shifting over to touring a bit, earlier this year you went out on tour and if setlist.fm is to be believed, you went out playing essentially classic material, older stuff, but knowing how the recording industry works, I feel like the new record was probably locked at that point. As an artist, were you like kind of itching to play this new stuff but weren't allowed or were you just like, I've been off the road for two years, like here's what I would have played two years ago? Uh, yeah, that's a good question. Um, I've actually talked about this um sort of internally with the band, obviously, when you're coming up with set lists and, and in recent interviews. Um, for me, like, I want to, like, if there's new material, I, I kind of, like, don't like premiering it live for the first time only because in the day and age that we live in, like, so many people, like, are going to film it and, like, put it online. And, like, I, I guess I want the first impression of, of a new song to be, like, the most accurate representation of it possible, like, i.e., like, you know, like, like the record, right? Like, I don't want someone to, like, you know, for, someone's first impression of a song to be, like, a, a random person's, like, razor flip phone, like, audio, like, maybe, like, their, like their iPhone's all blown out and it like, doesn't really sound good. <laughs> I haven't heard about a razor in years. Yeah. I, I mean, sometimes <laughs> like, you get videos that sound good online, but it's sure. still not like it's not like professional quality from the board. Like you're still hearing it through like, you know, like a like a, a phone or whatever. So um, I, I like it to be. the You know, the, the record, I think it makes the most impact and like in, in a day and age where everything is so like readily available to people like it's kind of nice like it, it's cool with this record like i mean we've been sitting on this one for a year so like i mean the fact that like we're able to actually premiere singles and they like feel fresh for people um and even just like with the music video like you know if this song was like already on like youtube like you know it maybe is driving views like away from like the the like when that video premiered it was like a true premiere and that was the first time anyone had heard that song and, and like seen the visuals and all that so um i think coming out the gate like strong uh and and really kind of having that element of surprise to your music is is i don't know you can you can only make a first impression one time right so sure. that's the whole thing uh speaking of that video uh, in it you guys are this is for diabolical majesty you guys are, are playing in what seems to be a dead church surrounded by people skating behind you uh were you a skater growing up or are you a skater now uh, uh, no to both, but Brett was, so that, that was like a nice tie in there. Like he was very much part of that culture and, um, you can throw down, he's more of a street skater, but he can he throw down some sick tricks. Um, yeah, he, he grew up skating. Cool. I was going to say, Brett was in his happy place of that video for sure. He oh, was nice. very much like in his element. Now as the, 
you know, de facto leader of this thing. He goes out on a skateboarder's part. If you like, be careful, don't break your arm. Those are our money. You know, I know. I've, <laughs> I've told him before, but what can, can I do? Uh, also, speaking of the video, and this is, I guess, more of a general question. When you're in doing like a music video for a song, they always want to do a close-up of your hands doing the solo. Are you... Uh, are you trying to play as note perfect as possible or are you like kind of throwing people off so they don't play it note perfect if they're trying to copy you or are you like that much a perfectionist? Like when they're zooming in, are you like, eh, fuck it, I'm just do whatever I want? Uh, no, I make sure that the, the solo is accurate, like even for a music video. Sure. Even though you're like, like not really, really playing live, you're kind of playing live, but not really. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, essentially you're lip syncing, right? But sure. yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't want someone like calling me out like you know this this isn't the way it's played i mean i wanted to want it to be i want it to look right sure i'm a stickler for that that would like bug me if i if i was like a fan of a band like i maybe like knew how just guitar playing worked in general although it's funny I, I, there was um when i was like super young i like i think it was a nitro video and i was like watching like vinnie vincent play and i guess i didn't understand like the concept of like hamming it up like in the music video so he was like doing all this like crazy shit with like smashing like a microphone into his guitar and like like all this like nutty like guitar theatrics that obviously like he didn't do in the studio but like watching it i'm like oh that's how he like made that sound. <laughs> just like now looking back i'm like oh yeah he's like he's obviously like hamming it up for the camera but it didn't like compute to me like when i was like a very young uh, guitar player so when you didn't make the connection of things hamming, did you ever try to play with like a drill or fuck? I can't even think of like all the crazy stuff people did in like eighties videos mostly, but yeah, it's just that kind of nonsense. Um, yeah, I never. I don't think I've ever used a drill, but I've I've used like weird things before. I've like stuffed like strange pieces of paper and metal like in the strings to make weird sounds. Like you actually kind of like make the guitar sound like other instruments if you like. It's it's almost like prepared guitar or like you know prepared piano like in the classical world where dudes will stick like nails in the in a piano and it'll make these like crazy sounds so i think it's cool to explore different sounds like that just just from like a sonic uh perspective i mean nowadays you have like a lot of like pedals that, that do that kind of stuff but um yeah no i've, I've certainly explored it, it wasn't like it like wound up like on a on a record or anything but but i but through some of that exploration like it actually has like i've done like weird like whammy bar things where mm -hmm. i'm just like kind of messing around and i'm like oh this sounds like really cool and it like wound up on a solo before yeah since preparing for this interview i've been listening to everything revocations put out a while i go for runs and i i have noticed in your guitar playing like i'm going backwards for some reason i don't know why i decided to listen to discography that way but right. like in the more recent albums i feel like guitar wise you were very experimental you're doing a lot of weird shit like that maybe right. wasn't as present in the early days but like has there ever been a technique or a trick or whatever you'd want to call it that you tried to do that just doesn't work like i can't imagine a, a peter frampton talk talk box thing on one of your songs but maybe there's one and i haven't gotten to it yet because i'm i have two albums to go <laughs> oh really and we've never done that but i've always wanted to do that i think it could totally work it'd be so sick i mean uh you know like i am did that on one of the pantera songs and it's super cool like i mean like we've had wawa pedal on songs and to me like a wah has kind of a is in the same wheelhouse as like a talk box but sure yeah, I'd love, I'm definitely like one of these days I'm going to put like a talk box part on a revocation song. I used to uh, do a talk box on a bass fill when I in my last band and it always got like very weird looks, both because you don't usually see a talk box in the wild and then you're using it on a bass. And uh, right. it wasn't a good call, but I did it. So 
you know. Right. <laughs> Sometimes uh, got to just throw that, that talk box on there. Uh, the new record is just you, Brett, and Ash. the whole interview with a talk box. Uh, I've got the tube somewhere. I think it's actually got holes in it for my cat biting on it because they're fucking assholes. I have a cat that likes chewing on silicone and anything that's like soft plastic that's a little, you know, right. I guess it feels good. So anything like that we have to hide. And the talk box cord didn't right. make that round at first. But soon, the yeah. next one, next time we talk, I'll have it ready and I'll sound like uh, Zap and Roger. It'll be dope. Perfect. Uh, the new record is just you, Brett, and Ash, correct? Yep. How is it doing uh, a record as a trio after, you know, a quartet or was it really different for y'all? You know, it really wasn't wasn't different really. I mean, the biggest difference was was like how I recorded it, like being more like at the helm. Um cuz it's like when Dan was like so first of all like we've recorded other records as trios before, right? Like so like like the first couple records we put out, we recorded as a as a trio. Um first few records we put out recorded as a trio. Um, and then, you know, with, with bringing Dan into the fold more and bringing him more into the writing of the band, um, it wasn't like he was recording my songs and I was recording his songs. Like whoever wrote the song, like recorded all the parts. I mean, I, 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 I would obviously contribute on Dan's songs in terms of writing lyrics or, you know, I, I mean, I'm singing on the songs and I would do solos on the songs as well. But in terms of like the actual, like like riffing and stuff like that, like, and, and, and structuring, um, every once in a while, like, uh, you know, I might kind of change a thing around on Dan's song or like, or, or, you know, maybe Dan would kind of give his feedback, but we kind of let each other do our, our own things with the writing. So it, the only difference was I had to write a couple more songs. Sure. Which like, wasn't a big deal because it was the pandemic anyway. And like, I, you know, I, I had extra material kind of on deck to begin with yeah, you said the record's been done for a year do you have a vault of stuff already planned for the next thing or are you not eye in that direction yet uh i get i got a bunch of riffs it just kind of comes in like little like spurts here and there like I'll, I'll sit down and i'll be like oh like just be in the mood to write and you know maybe something will come out maybe nothing will come out um uh, or sometimes like a, a, a few ideas will come out and i'll just kind of record them and i just sort of file them away so i'm at the stage now where obviously i'm 100 percent focused on this nether heaven record um, but like, yeah, I mean, there's gotta be probably at least 10 or so riffs cool. that we've got for the, for the next one, like already lined up and, you know, each one of those riffs that, you know, could be a song in and of itself, or maybe there's a few riffs that like, or are like could go together that like, that might be the start of a song. So it's probably like, I don't know, at least like three or four songs that could, that could like the, 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 the seedlings of three or four songs right now but i don't even really like i just kind of record them and file them away and like when, when it really comes time to focus on it that's when i unearth the the shit sure and i figure feel like even everyone's what you focused on the the now thing uh speaking of which one of the pre uh, pre-sale items is a bottle of hot sauce from lost capital called heat reaper how involved with that were you like with the spice level the flavor and all that like are you a heat seeker yourself yeah, you know, I was uh, uh, incredibly involved with that. Um, so the uh, the dude DJ who runs Lost Capital, he randomly reached out to me, uh, you know, just like, oh, like, I love your shit. Like, I run a hot sauce company. Like, can I send you, like, a care package? I'm like, totally. And I got it. And it was the hot sauces were incredible. Like, spicy as fuck, but, like, super flavorful, super good. Like, 
I was really impressed with this stuff. I'm like, hey man, like this is great. And then he was like, oh cool, like, you know, I'd love to do a hot sauce for you guys. I'm like, oh, sweet. Cause I just thought he was just hooking it up. So we started chatting, like I talked to him on the phone, I gave him like flavor profiles, he sent me stuff. I think that was like the fourth um, prototype you know, if you want to call it that, like that, that, that he sent me down. I was like, all right, yeah, this is the thing. Cause we, we tried different, it was everything from the color to the, the techniques and the, and the chili peppers. I told him flavors that I liked. So I definitely like, I wasn't there like making the hot sauce obviously, but in, in terms of like the R and D, I gave him like a ton of like feedback and notes and, you know, told him exactly what I wanted. The first, the first batch was like, like the hot sauce is like hot as hell, but like the very first batch he sent was like, like, screamingly hot and i was like all right we just we gotta dial it back like just one notch i mean i know we're a definitional band but like <laughs> i wanted people to be able to kind of you know slather a little bit but it, but it, it's it's a hot so boy for sure hot so boy i hope i hope that's on the label somewhere that quotes <laughs> um uh next week you guys are playing uh australia which seems pretty cool but it seems to be like a yeah. the the revocation, you know, exclusive show of Australia. So flying out yeah. so far for this show, are you are you going to have time to do Australian things or be a touristy person at all? Or is it just like your show, you're out? Um, I, well, the whole thing is going to take about a week of time um, because there's the travel days. We're going to be rehearsing while we're out there, you know, all that shit. So um, I'm obviously I'm looking forward to headlining a festival like in the outback, but it's like, fuck, I wish we had like, you know, some more time out there, like, you know, play more than one show. But it's just how the nature of some of those like fly out dates like work. Um, I We're going to be like in the outback. So like, I've, I've never been out there before. I, I hear it's beautiful. I know we're going like more in like their winter time. So I know it's like going to dip down and actually get pretty fucking cold. Um, but I mean, I would love to do a little bit of sightseeing while I'm out there and like check out some stuff, you know, see the local wildlife or just token some sites so my, my my hope is we'll, we'll be able to like actually do a little bit of sightseeing uh, especially because we're fucking flying around the world just for one show so yeah one of your last i mean it's just a couple years ago because i did some deep diving it was like you and a kangaroo so it seems like you already have a love for the marsupials that are out there yeah oh yeah i got i got i think i'm up to, this will be i end up going to another zoo i think i'll be like on my my fifth hold uh in terms of the koalas so i'm, I'm trying to keep track <laughs> you know i want to have more holds than any metal dude on instagram with the koalas so that's my that's my goal that's a hell of a goal I, I love that uh i mean corpse grinder has all the plushies you'll have all the koalas those are great right. titles to have uh i'm assuming yeah. he was on the song cinnamon was my favorite so far you, oh you know their names yeah my girl cinnamon she, she you know love eucalyptus I like how unique cinnamon is in that living the koala life. Uh, going back in time a bit, uh, when I first became aware of Revocation, uh, it was when you were named the top metal guitarist by Metal Sucks. Uh, mm. How did that change the band or your guitar playing or the, everything around you you being named that? Or did it? Um, well, it definitely, it definitely uh, you know, you know, some people say you can you can't have too many Ferraris, right? But after that, it was like you know all of the gifts and the the money and the mansions, like you know. No, I'm kidding, of course. You're, you're uh, no, it was, of course it was broadcasting a, it, from a gold room right now that I can't see the end of because it's so long. 
for the listeners. Right, right, right. Uh, no, it, it, it was uh, it was obviously like a great accolade. I mean, it was a total surprise. I remember like, I mean, that that time period with, when those metal websites were kind of coming up, like it, everything was like kind of so new and like harnessing the power of the Internet. So like, I mean, I was like checking metal socks and metal injection like all the time back in the day. And I remember that that list like first, you know, starting and I was like it was like checking it like it was like every day they put out a guitarist or I think it was every day. Mm -hmm. Um I was going down the list. I'm like, cool, cool. And then like, you know, in, in, in my mind, because we had some heat on us at that point, I was like, oh, maybe I'll be like in the top like 25. You know what I mean? And then like, and then it got down to like, like the 10s. And then I just kind of gave up all hope. I'm like, yeah, I'm not going to be on the list. Like, you know, whatever. It's, it, it's cool. Like, it's still awesome, like reading this stuff. And then when I saw the number one, because it didn't reach out to me like beforehand or, or anything like that. And then when I, when I saw it, it was like, I like kind of like couldn't believe it. You know, it was very like, what the, like, is this a joke or like, how did like, I thought my bandmates were like pranking me or something, but um, yeah, it was, it was really cool. It was like a, a nice accolade. It made, it made some good buzz for the band. Like people, people shared it and talked about it. Um, yeah, it was, it was, it was really, it was super cool of them to, uh, to name me that obviously those lists are like, you know, everything's sort of in the eye of the you know, beholder or reader or whatever, but um, it, it, it felt really cool to be acknowledged um, in that regard. Were you then but like as far as like perception of the band, like I think maybe for the moment, like that's the thing about lists, right? You can't like just walk around with that accolade like, oh, back in, you know, two, you know, whenever it was like uh, I was 11, voted 11. number one, like it like it works for like six months, maybe to to a year. And then like then there's like another list of the top 10 guitar players of, you know, and then there's another list of the top 10 or whatever. So um, but for that one year, yeah, it was it was cool. That was your backdrop as a band for a while, just that 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 page. Right, <laughs> yeah, we did. Uh, I'm gonna go ahead. The and banner, we did merch, business cards, the whole thing. It was a weird call, just doing like. But yeah, I a, thank, a thanks to Metal Sucks for 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 doing that. It was it was like a really super cool thing, and I and I really appreciate that. All right, that'll do it for us, man. And that was some of Luciferius from Revocation's previous album, The Outer Ones. The new album by Revocation, Nether Heaven, will be out on September 9th via Metal Blade Records. You can find all the fun pre-order colors and all that good shit over at revocationband.com. And frankly, I'm not sure who listens to this point in the episode, but uh, just a quick thing. Uh, it's not my intention to take so long between episodes. I've been dealing with some health stuff involving my throat, which makes it difficult to speak, non-COVID. But um, not being able to speak for long periods of time without hurting my voice for several days makes it very inconvenient to be a podcaster. Uh, I did this podcast with Dave when I was kind of in a middle area working on it. Um, not better, all caps better, but you know, I'm a little better than I was, so I'm hoping to get back to it. So I uh, look forward to more episodes soon, hopefully. I'm going to try and do some weird shits, uh, as I always promise. But uh, you know, if you stuck it out with me this long, I really mean thank you for listening.
Then if you want to keep up with the show, you may do so by heading over to farbeyondmetalpodcast.com. There, if you're in a band, you can hit me up to be on the show. You can find old episodes, the store link there, as well as a way to buy me a coffee. I like coffee. Buy me a coffee. And then, of course, the theme song is Far Beyond Metal by the band Strapping Young Lad from their album The New Black, courtesy of Century Media Records and Devin Townsend himself. Thank you for listening. A Catbox Production.